Agree to disagree. Just when I just when we were saying how smooth the last few weeks had gone, uh, back to our original shenanigans with the opening segment of just staring awkwardly into our monitors while waiting on it to get live. But hey, guys, thanks for joining in tonight on Agree to Disagree. As you can see in the boxes, I'm Scott, that's Chris, Josh, and Eric. Glad you guys are tuning in tonight. Uh, don't forget, Josh is going to try to tonight to really focus uh, on maybe some of those questions that are popping up on Facebook. So just throw them at us. Uh, yep, there we go. If you just throw them at us. Throw them at us. There's a little bit of a delay from when we're talking to when it's on Facebook, if you haven't already figured that out. But we'll try to jump in. And uh, even if we have to interrupt ourselves to give you a shout out or answer your question, we'll try to do just that. So, guys, let's go ahead and hit the ground running here on the number one rated biweekly. That's kind of been our thing now for about six or eight weeks. Number one rated biweekly Wednesday night sports talk show here on Facebook Live. And before we even get started, guys, we've got four good topics uh, for us to run through in the next hour or so. We'd be silly not to give our sponsors a shout out over at Taze River Brewing Company. Uh, we want to say hello, as always, to our good friends over at Taze. Guys, well, let's do a little roundtable here. Uh, no, we're not all on Taze. Eric, you're on some stuff out of Wisconsin. It's true. You got It's kind of like illegal. You got to drive it back across the border yourself. Uh, so it just makes me feel like I'm special when I drink it. <laughs> Guys, are you both on the pinky? Uh, I am. Down to my last two cans. Got to gotta save them. And I wouldn't want to drink them with any other one but you guys. So The blue oh, orange. Yeah. Thanks. And we'll give a shout out to the Oktoberfest seasonal beer from Taze as well uh, that I am taking a sip on. So, again, go check out our friends over at Taze. It's going to be a gorgeous weekend. Get yourself some outdoor seating and just chill out and relax. Now, guys, let's jump right in. We've got a lot to get through in the next hour or so. First topic, going to be a little on the short side, and it's going to be Major League Baseball playoffs. Let's start, obviously, uh, with the Cubs who got swept, new format, more teams. <laughs> rightfully earned, rightfully so. Now, uh, <laughs> my question about the Cubs is this. They won the division, shortened season, got swept by the Marlins. Uh, do the Cubs need to do anything differently or anything drastic for – next season let's start with the cubs and we'll come back to the playoffs i mean start, in 2016 when they won it all i said i don't care if they blow up the team after it happens as long as they win one i'll be happy now with that being said <laughs> let's run it back one <laughs> more time gosh Josh, the, the key, the, you the, sound the, like you're on the auto tune you're you're, you're I, I, I'm trying to steal Scott's thunder here by hedging my own bat here. But uh, the key to this whole thing, the key to this is the GM. He's a lame duck too because he, he, he's not coming back after next year. So I'm afraid Last that year. if they make a whole bunch of weird deals and sign a bunch of players, the new GM's going to walk in and re-blow it up. So for that reason, I think we can get Lester to come back maybe on a team-friendly deal. Maybe Jake Arrieta wants to come back on a, a $1 salary kind of thing and just – hopefully relive the glory days. And I, and I think if, if the NL sticks with the DH, then Schwarber's valuable to the Cubs. 
not as a trade asset, as a trade piece, but for him to actually play. He's improved his defense, but I think one more year, let's run it back, let the new GM come in after Epstein leaves, and then we'll figure it out with that. So I probably watched more of the Cubs baseball throughout the season than anybody on here, at least. 100%. Um, you don't have to say and, probably. Just take that vote. <laughs> and what I can say was during the season, I, I got vibes of that 2016 team. One, uh, maybe it's just uh, Rossi, the manager, uh, Ross being back. And when he, he took control of that team, um, the protocols that they followed, they didn't have any COVID positive tests, which is phenomenal. Other teams were calling the Cubs to see what they were doing with their protocols. So all in all, he managed in-house very well. He already knew the players. And we were we were starting to have that swagger. I you know I hate saying that word, but that swagger from that 16 team where we would, we'd have these come from behind wins that you can never count us out. And we've always had the hitting. The DH was nice and something new. Schwarber, I agree. If DH stays, Schwarber has a spot here. If not, he makes more sense as a trade piece or a trade asset to an AL team. But the key thing here with the series, and this has happened in the past two or three years when we, since the World Series, we've not hit. We can't, we, we just stopped hitting the ball. We had a 0.145 batting average during the series. Next gen stats right there, so Chris. When you have, yeah, Bodie, Baez, Rizzo, uh, Schwarber, um, all of those guys. Zero hits. You're not going to win. You're not going to win a game if your if your big players, your star players, are not hitting the ball. And what's weird is they started hitting the ball well during the White Sox right before that. And then I had a weird feeling that oh, we had this great. You know, I thought the bats were coming alive and nothing. And they only scored one run. In one run. One of the games. Uh, again, yeah, it's really hard to win in baseball when you score zero. Yeah, and with all, with all of almost us, impossible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Eric, would you, Eric, Eric, do you have any any immediate thoughts after the Cubs got punked by the Marlins? Wouldn't do a damn thing. Here's why: because any team can lose two games in a row. Like it, we're calling this a series. This was barely a series, not just because of the sweep, but because of the abbreviated number of games. I mean, if this was a five or a seven game, I, I think the bats would have come back like they always do. So I'm I'm. I don't, I'm frustrated. I feel like I'm back to being like the long suffering Cubs fan I was as a kid, uh, even though I didn't watch many, wasn't able to watch many games really this year. But like, I wouldn't do a thing because that's just like such a small size. Anything can happen there. The other thing with like blowing up the team, this is the most consistently good the Cubs have been since I've been alive. Like, yeah. okay, even go easily, to, like, easily, even go back to like Sandberg, Grace, Dawson days. So like, Am I going to really be upset they won the division? No. Like, I would I would love for them to win the series again, especially because I think all of us were at this house when we moved in watching one of the playoff games. We had, like, a TV on the cushions of a couch or on a coffee table or something <laughs> leaning against the wall. Right. Awesome. So, like, fond memories of that, too. Wouldn't do a thing. Here's the other piece of it. Other than pitching, almost all this Cubs talent is homegrown. How do you – if you blow that up, and try to start doing maybe what like the Yankees try to do and aren't very good at, in my opinion, anymore, and just sign people forever. Like one, you're breaking the bank, which Cubs are doing a little bit anyways these days, but two, that's like a five or seven year rebuild minimum. And who says you even get that homegrown talent again? So I wouldn't do a thing other than maybe bring Madden back. 
Madden's not coming oh, back. He's not coming back. Terrible. <laughs> Eric, Eric, I'm on your side. Maybe split the difference between you guys here. I'm going to hedge my bet a little bit. Preview of things to come is keep the guys you got. And if there is a free agent out there that fits the, the mold or the, the culture that you're looking for, maybe you bring in one or two guys. But I don't think you have to get rid of anybody. Nobody hit the ball well during the 60-game season. Schwarber was awful. So, I mean, talking about him as a DH sounds a little – everybody we, – we just remember the couple of good hits he had in the World Series. His, his, his 50-some games he played, he was terrible. But you don't have to get rid of him for nothing right now. Keep who you got. There's no reason to get rid of anybody just to get rid of anybody. And if you're going to win the division and make the playoffs, it's kind of a coin toss, right? Uh, when you get when you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Baseball is the one sport where the best team could lose to the worst team on any given day. And when you only get to play a couple games, uh, that could obviously happen. So you just kind of got to go with the flow. Now, I know we don't want to spend. I know we don't want to spend a lot of time on baseball, but let me ask you three something. Do you like this year's playoff? set up and would you like to see it going forward i don't like it because the cubs didn't make it through no (laughs) (laughs) not the teams the actual setup i know but i can't wait you have one versus eight and it's a three a three five seven seven series where eight teams again do you like it do you hate it Uh, i don't mind it i'll go first uh nfl nba usually hockey all do eight and eight right and this is the first time baseball's ever done it. You've got, and again, I've been clowning on baseball whenever it comes up in our podcasts because people don't care. Well, if you're a Reds fan, you know, and baseball is a lot more regional, you know, a lot of people are going to watch the divisional round of the NFC, no matter who it is. Uh, but in baseball, if it is the Marlins and the Phillies, we are not watching especially if it's a divisional round. But you think about it like this. You, the, the, those regional teams that might have some interest at the, the, the teenage years, right, the, the teenage boys and girls, if you can get a couple of extra teams in the playoffs, if you can get more people tuning in on a work weekday trying to watch their team play, I think it doesn't hurt anything, right? There are, it doesn't hurt having extra teams in the playoffs. The, the two, the, the best two out of three, I mean, hell, if you're going to do it all, let's just say fast forward a year and you can have fans and things are looking relatively normal or you could still have the first round to be the reward could be all of the games are played at Wrigley. If you win your division mm-hmm. type of deal, that way you're not bound. still play a three out of five, which gives the better team at home with fans more wiggle room. And I, I think, you know, baseball looks deader than the other sports when fans aren't there. It's extra weird, I think, compared to basketball and football. So I say, let's let's do it again with fans. Keep it all at the home field for the first round only and then see how it goes. You guys? I don't like here's I don't like the three game. I don't, I understand the one game playoff, like play in kind of vibe they've done the last few years. I don't like the three game. It just injects too much randomness. And, you know, like we we're already discussing any team in baseball can win. It's way different than NBA. I mean, there's some of that maybe in NFL, but like, I just think there's too much randomness with that three game series. And then the other thing, the thing I love about like baseball in October and those long series is like, you can really enjoy it. 
over a week, week and a half. Like the weather's cooling down, like you can really get into it. And this just felt like, boom, it's over, you know? Uh, so I, I kind of wasn't even a fan of it from a casual fan perspective, I guess. So you're, you're saying go back to the one game play-in game and then just get to the semifinals for each I suppose. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I I feel like a three game series is is a series in name only. It doesn't even really count as a series like that. Did you hear anything I just said? The first round (laughs) could be three out of five. I literally just gave the answer a second ago while you weren't paying attention. I was, uh, as usual, thinking about what I wanted to say, not what else was saying. Katie, yeah. Okay, yep, that's correct. Okay. Chris, what do you think, man? I, I like that the idea of the, the five games. Maybe you do five, five, seven, seven instead of three, five, seven, seven that it was going to be or that it currently is. Um, because I do feel like in a blink of the eye, I was so excited that Cubs were in there. We won the Central, and then I got two games, and we're done. I mean, I, I, and the thing is, as a Cubs fan, and and I know and I know Cincinnati Reds fans and I know uh, St. Louis Cardinal fans are feeling the same way where they're like, okay, our teams are in, then boom, we all got swept. We and Brewers and, and Brewers. Brewers. So we're we're all in there for what two days. We got three because of rain out. Um, but it was like, okay, you're so hyped up, and then it's gone. Um, so maybe change that from a five five and then seven seven, where the the championship series are seven games and the others are five games. That's my two cents. Josh, what about you? Your question. I hate it. No, I, 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 under, I understand it because it was only a 60-game series. This is stupid. I mean, we're going to put eight teams from each league in. What's the point of playing 162 games? If you shorten the season down a little bit, make it, let's just say, 100. No more than that. Stop with the money, John. There, Johnny Manziel. If you're gonna make it like a hundred game season, then, then, then maybe. But you're gonna play. You're gonna take up nine months of the year to play a regular season. Let me put eight teams in on a on a one game or a three game playoff series. Stop. Yeah. You're just you're just. What if you you're again? Making... What if you put them in for five? Put them in for five. Okay, so the, you only if it, only if you shorten the season because if you put it in for five, if four of those series goes five games, you're gonna be playing in almost well, December. True. We're already breaking in the, the first of November. Derek Jeter was known. I mean, Reggie Jackson nope. was Mr. October. October. Derek Jeter was Mr. November because he had a home run in November. I, if we keep adding back, this thing's going to go till New Year's. No, We're going to be jumping on the playoffs. There's a football. No, no traveling for the first round every single day of the week. Players association to agree to that, then maybe when we'll the Cubs are in that series, I would go get a hotel and just hang out. For a week. <laughs> right? That actually would be great. a ton of fun. Yeah, now, hey, fun. now we're we're arguing about some. Here's the best part: we're arguing about something that none of us are going to watch over <laughs> the next couple of weeks. So, right. my last question: do, do, just with the hand in the air, does anybody have any interest in baseball before it gets to the World Series as of right now? Does any who here plans on watching a World Series game from the first inning through the ninth inning? The whole thing? The whole game? Just, Just whole one game. game. Just one game. One game, nine innings. Yes. No. The whole thing. I'll put I'll put okay. I'll put a game so on at four we, o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, well, the World Series thinking, game I'm is not, not going to be on at four, though. You know. No, I know that's what I mean. That's I'll right. watch one of these games. I'm not watching right. a World Series game in prime time for nine innings. 
Right. I mean, oh, the NBA no. will be over. NBA will be over. Maybe if it's like on when? Well, I can't watch it on Wednesdays. So I'll be doing this. So maybe if it's on a, <laughs> every other, every other Wednesday, Wednesdays, every, every other. other. <laughs> MLB would be MLB would be smart and release the schedule on our off week for the exactly. World Series. Well, yeah, <laughs> But Manfred hasn't done anything uh, smart uh, yet, so, so let's not give him any credit to start today. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, we've we've talked about baseball now longer than any of us just admitted we're going to watch it going forward <laughs> so enough. let's let's shift gears and let's shorten this next one a little bit because it's pretty much over that's the nba finals lakers won last they won last night they're up three games to one in the nba finals in the history of the nba a team has only came back from down three one one time and that guy is on the team that's currently up Three one. Three. Yeah. So, uh, Josh, I believe you took the heat straight up heading into uh, the series. In, there's no, there's no video of that. Just text. <laughs> but, yeah. Don't put that. I honestly, I thought game one would be more like last night's game, a little more, a little more physical, a little more low scoring. And when it became, when the, when the heat didn't put anybody on anybody in that first game, and the score got ran up, then I knew I, it was over. But if I think if it was a, the series was more like last night, he had a better chance. Absolutely. And obviously, well, Bam got hurt, but he got hurt when they were down 30. It's not like he got right. hurt in the first quarter. Like He was getting Correct. run off the court uh, by the bigs. Uh, but I, w- I want to take a quick 20, 30-second pause here uh, just for a little lesson with Scott on how to hedge your bet. I believe uh, I started hedging my bet with my predictions a few weeks ago when I said that when you you give the if-then scenarios with the Raptors and the Celtics series, and I gave the perfect hedging of your bet on this series, I came out and I just said, without a doubt, the Lakers will win the series. That was my prediction. But to hedge your bet, guys – you got to have kind of that follow-up back door to be like, well, I said this too. And if you guys remember, I said the Heat remind me a lot of that 2004 Pistons team that upset the Lakers. So when you say both kids at home listening, this is how you hedge your bet, right? <laughs> you give you give your statement and you sound like you're confident in it and you are, but then you just give a little nugget off to the side. So had things gone the opposite direction, I could have been like, hey, check the tape. I said this heat team reminded me of the 04 Pistons. Now, my first prediction was correct, but boys and girls, that's how you hedge your bet. <laughs> Been taking lessons from Golik and Greeny here or something, yeah? They're I off love- the air, Eric. Get up to 2020. <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm taking the Lakers in a gentleman's sweep. Again, this series is over. They're winning the next game, right? Uh, yeah. Anybody, anybody going with uh, with maybe a, a an extra win for the Heat? Yeah, sure, I'll give him one more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, that, and, that, and here's why. Attention. He wasn't listening when I was talking about the baseball playoffs. He just was listening when I gave the lesson on how to hedge your bet. That's genius. Yeah, uh, one thanks. last uh, one last NBA question for you guys, and then we can talk off season stuff when it's the off season. Assuming the Lakers win, even if it's, you know, in five or six, who is your NBA Finals MVP 
as of right now, slash, who do you think it'll be? It's AD for sure. Great. It's got to be. I mean, he's just been so dominant on the glass. He's been draining threes. I think he's the difference maker. And and at this stage in LeBron's career, he he needs somebody to do that. So, uh, I mean, obviously a shorter season, so maybe not as much wear and tear on his body. But I think it's AD by by a fairly long shot. I, I could see LeBron getting it sort of as like the legacy, you know, because he didn't get regular season MVP and he probably at least should have been higher in the voting there. But I think right now it's AD. Chris? Got to go with AD. I agree. One, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I agree 100% as well. Um, it's, it's AD. Um, it, you know, he has been a difference maker in this, not just this series, but their whole entire playoffs. I mean, he had the block shot that allowed them to win a game in the previous series. Uh, that it's an NBA up. Finals MVP. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying all around, his play all the way through has been phenomenal. So yeah. e- even if LeBron goes – and if LeBron goes crazy tomorrow night, then possibly LeBron gets it. But I think overall the whole body of work is AD. Man, a lot. I, did not, I did not realize I was the only <clears throat> one going to take LeBron right here, but I also am the one who watches the most basketball, so I guess it makes sense. Who's Just averaging – off a pat on the back there. Guys, listen, it's simple. Oh. It's slam dunk. LeBron James is the MVP of the NBA Finals, and it's not close. Who's averaging more points in the Finals? LeBron James. Who's averaging more assists in the Finals? LeBron James. Who's that? You just talked about Anthony Davis on the glass. Who's averaging more rebounds in the NBA Finals? It's LeBron James. He's beating Anthony Davis in mm-hmm. all three of the major statistics. And stat- in, including tur- including turnovers. He's leading the Lakers in turnovers as well. Don't forget about that one. And, and probably Anthony not, Davis. That's probably closer than you think. Anthony Davis shut down Jimmy Butler in the last three quarters last, uh, last night. He, Jimmy Butler shot one for seven after the first quarter last night. And that's why Anthony Davis will win MVP because he's shutting down Miami's best player. Go back and check the tape minute by minute. Actually, LeBron James was only like a minute and a half behind Anthony Davis in time spent guarding Jimmy Butler last night. So uh, I came ready to fight about this argument because I knew that. But what, he sh- what, did Butler, what did Butler shoot against Anthony Davis? All against I'm saying is LeBron. you guys are giving Anthony Davis credit for things he hasn't done. Right, he's not leading the team in rebounds, and he's seven foot tall with guys my size guarding him. I never mentioned that. I mentioned shutting down Jimmy Butler, but he only guarded him half the game. So hey, and he stopped him when he had. What mattered most, he shut him down. All right, and here's the best part: we are going to agree to disagree right there. I will make sure I bring up the fact that I'm right in two weeks when we're back on, <laughs> back on here. Uh, but again, well, make sure you hedge your bet. I'm not hedging this bet. This bet is all in. Uh, but. As, as I think hedging the bet, hedging the bet would be, well, we'll have to wait and see the stats from game five, right? <laughs> if, if, if Anthony Davis comes out, LeBron James is hands down the MVP, but if Anthony Davis comes out and has a sick game in game five, I can see it going his way. I think that whoever scores more points in game five gets the, gets the NBA final MVP. There it is. There it is. You're forgetting about game six, though. Lessons with Scott. Lessons, Lessons with Lessons Scott. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Uh, now, let's spend the last the last two-thirds or whatever of our show uh, about football, which has obviously garnered most of our attention. Let's go college first, just a couple of questions, and then we'll spend the rest of the time on the NFL. Um, 
college football is, is kind of really getting into, into full swing. We've got a couple of good-looking games this weekend highlighted by number seven, Miami, at number one, Clemson. Clemson. College football also, though, is, is really just kind of hitting the ground running. LSU is going to have to play at Missouri instead of at home because of a hurricane. And uh, there's been some other moving around as far as times go and some other things like that. But I just want to start with this. We still don't have the Big Ten playing. We still don't have the Pac-12 playing. Um, we've got a very small sample size, and I'm on record saying I hate preseason rankings, especially in football, when you only have four-team Final Four. It's not even a true playoff. You only pick – you just arbitrarily pick the four best teams that you think are the best teams. So even though I hate all of those things, we're a few weeks in, I want to ask you guys, who do you guys have – right now kind of as like your top four college football teams. If you were the selection committee czar and the four team playoff started next week, who are you putting in? Anybody got four off the top of their head right now? I do. Josh, I, always have something off top. I always have something off the top of my head. It might most be the absurd thing you're going to hear, <laughs> but it's something there. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned how we hate preseason polls because a lot of this will change because we've only had a few games. But I've got Clemson 1, Bama 2, Florida 3, and Georgia 4. Now, I know that's three SEC teams, and there's zero chance that three SEC teams will make the Final Four, and I get that. But if the playoffs started this Saturday, those would be my four teams. I would love to put Ohio State in there because I think they are one of the four best teams when they start playing. I haven't seen them play. I can only go off what I've seen from years past and bringing those same players back. So I'm not, I refuse to do it. The big 12 can't play defensive. They just can't play the defense. The Pac-12 doesn't have anybody right now playing. I, I can't put a AAC, AAC. Yeah. UCF just lost. They were supposed to run the table this year. They that were big happening. at home and lost to Tulsa or somebody. Yeah. yeah. So those are my four. Chris or Eric? Yeah, I wouldn't have much difference there. I mean, other I mean, first of all, Clemson's schedule is a joke. Like if you if you go through and look at their schedule, they play one good team. That team is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And they're playing Miami. They're, they're playing, playing Miami, Miami this, this weekend. Week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So <laughs> And it's a, it's just a joke. And I mean, they have to be one because they've been so good these last few years. I get that. Like they do get that extra confidence vote. Um, but you know, I would love to really see them go down the second to last week to the Irish. So I would have Clemson in there. I would have Georgia who I think has the toughest schedule of anybody close second to Alabama, but or Alabama a close second to them. So I'd put Alabama in there. And then I think, you know, fourth team in is pretty obvious there you got a the irish a couple hours north here so uh maybe you've heard of them the notre dame fighting irish so they uh they should definitely be in uh you know i'm just gonna stop there because they should be in go irish <laughs> chris what about you i don't need rationale when i have heart go Irish. <laughs> so i have the same as josh but flip his three and four so i have georgia three and then florida four um, I think Georgia's defense is is better. In fact, I believe they have the fourth-ranked defense right now in the country. And then um, Florida's been fun to watch, though. I mean, they're and, – and, Josh, I think you mentioned this maybe weeks ago, months ago. Months ago. Months ago. Their QB 
Um, I'm, they're averaging their fourth in points per game at 44 points a game. And he's already got a higher Kyle tracks. Their QB, or their QB has a higher QBR rating than Trevor Lawrence right now, who is arguably has been uh, with you, the system. Did in you Clemson know that right Kyle, now. go ahead. Kyle Trask, the, the quarterback at Florida, never started the game in high school. I had no idea about that. That's incredible. He was he was it's it's it, he was the backup the backup behind the Eric King, wow. who's now the starting quarterback for Miami, Miami. who's number seven. So this Who guy was he just, at Houston before that. <laughs> he just he just stuck it out, and he's your he's you know six four two twenty five, and he would go to quarterback camps. He'd get a couple token plays a game when. You know when Derek King would come out or whatever, the former coach at Florida, like some Florida, it might not even be the head coach, liked him at a camp. Liked him. It was a coordinator. Yeah, they they bring him in, and he wasn't supposed to start. One guy gets hurt, another guy transfers. He starts, and then he does good. And then they bring in a highly recruited guy, and then he beats the guy out. And now he looks like he's going to go from never starting a game since like eighth grade to a first round pick in the NFL potentially. Pretty remarkable. Uh, but before I give my four, Eric, friend of the show, Dustin, agrees with you. Dark Horse picks says, write it down. He says, write it down. The Irish are in the playoffs. I knew I liked Dustin a lot, but uh, this really puts it over the top for me. Way to go, Dustin. You're sounds, smart. <laughs> sounds so, like a smart guy. Uh, I'm not going to put three SEC teams in. I know I said if the playoffs were to start today, but – I'm going to go Clemson one. I'm going to have Clemson play Ohio State in my top four. Ohio mm. State's played one fewer game than Notre Dame when Notre Dame played some awful trash team in their new conference, the ACC. Excuse so, me, they, they've played Duke. They've only played one game. Was it against Duke? No, they played two. They played two. Have they? Yeah, they played two. Oh, what do I they know? They just got suspended last week or postponed last week, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to buck the trend here a little bit and put – Ohio State at four, and then I'm going to have since they can't since they can't play in the SEC championship game in this scenario, I'm going to have Alabama play Georgia in that semifinal as well. Um, but obviously, as the season goes on, the Big Ten plays. If Ohio State runs the table, they will definitely get in the playoff. And again, kids, that's how you hedge your bet. <laughs> uh, one other NCAA question for you guys. Um, a couple of years ago, two of the marquee coaching hires, Jimbo Fisher left Florida State and went to Texas A&M, and Tom Herman from Ohio State went to Houston and then came up to Texas. And I asked you guys this in a text uh, earlier in the week, and I wanted to bring it up on here. Who is either one on the hotter seat or which one looks like the worst hire, Herman at Texas or Jimbo at Texas A&M? I'm going to say Jimbo uh, because I think he was like at a higher pinnacle when he made that move. And I think people were really anointing him, you know, as the next Davis Swinney or, you know, Nick Saban. And so it's clearly not the case. The other reason I'm going to say that is because I think folks are going to start looking back at what FSU did after he left. And I feel like he just kind of saw that they were going downhill, even if he was there yeah, he possibly them as like an empty, you know, as a ghost team. Uh, and they were just awful other than Cam Akers. So I think it's fish, you know, Fisher. Mm -hmm. Chris, what about you? I think I said Fisher during that text and, and I didn't look up stats for Fisher. I looked up more of, of Tom Herman from 
Texas. And because <clears throat> looking at Texas just recently, because, you know, they 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 were ranked highly and then they lost uh, again the, or they lost against TCU. They're only one and three versus TCU the last couple of years um, with Herman. Um, and and the thing with it, it was they, they had that game won and they lost it in the final seconds um, by a goal line fumble. It was a very fun, exciting game to watch. Um, but I mean, at least he's had, um, some top 10, uh, ranked teams. However, they don't finish top 10. They start off preseason ranked top 10 and then end up 25. They, they tend to fall or falter, um, as the season goes on. Um, but in Jimbo Fisher, I, I just don't, Eric, you made a good point. He jumped ship. He saw the cupboard cupboard was bare and he, he went to Texas A&M, which I just thought was an odd, odd fit after riding that wave with, uh, yeah, well, the money talks, but yeah, seventy-five I, I million dollars, and uh, it's hard to say no to that. Um, that will set you up, no matter even if you if you lose or not. So, it, it Texas A&M just was a weird fit for me for for him going to the SEC. Josh, what about you? Question was who's on the hot seat, right? Yeah. I said hot seat between those two. I said or right. Neither oh. one of them getting fired. I kind of said hot seat, and then I kind of uh, I kind of. Has your own question. I, and then I said, who was the worst, worst hire? Hey, Ben Hewitt. Oh, sorry, mean, side, side, Ben Hewitt. Uh, NFL, NFL's coming up here and after this question. So, no, I kind of left it with who was the worst, okay. who was the worst hire for the school? Uh, well, I, I think it's, that's two totally different questions because I think who's more on the hot seat would be Tom Herman. The worst hire would be Jimbo Fisher, and it's because of the money. Because that I haven't looked yeah. this up, but the buyout for Jimbo Fisher is gotta be through the roof. Gotta be. So I feel like that that A and M will stick with him a little bit longer, and and Texas can move on from Herman a little bit easier because his his buyout's probably not near what it is. So I think there's two different questions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bet boy. and give you two different answers. I got two people hedging. Back. I'm learning. I get I just got an A plus. In lessons with Scott. and so is, <laughs> so is Eric, who's changed his name to Go Irish. I just noticed that. Yeah, he's been changing it throughout the time. It's, it's uh, awesome. That's how I introduce myself at and at parties. It's uh, like that ESPN commercial where people say "Roll Tide." Right. Uh, uh, the thing about the buyouts with these these Texas schools is their donors are playing with monopoly money. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, like uh, I, I heard a joke. The other, oh, I heard a joke the other day that they could buy them out tomorrow, depending on the price of oil, right? <laughs> so that if the price of oil goes up a little bit, they'll just buy them out. The yeah. worst hire is well, we need to check the check the other debate on TV to see what the price of oil goes. <laughs> <is>, right? <laughs> uh, uh, the worst the worst hire I think is Tom Herman with Texas, who's also on the hot seat. Texas A and M has always really kind of played the role of little brother to Texas. And that's really kind of part of the reason why they left the big 12 to go to the sec to get that sec money, but also to try to get out from the shadow of Texas, Texas A&M schedule is astronomically harder every single year than Texas is Texas A&M has to play Alabama every year, LSU every year, Auburn every year, Texas has to play, Texas Tech every year, Kansas every year, right? Uh, along with Oklahoma and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I was going to say the Red River. Come on. Right. But, you, but you get my yeah. but you get yeah. my point. 
Yeah. Right. Te nobody's going to argue Texas's schedule is harder than Texas A&M's. And Tom Herman was supposed to be coming into Texas, walking on water across Lake Austin. And he hasn't. He's come in and they've overranked him because everybody thought he was a good coach. And that's why that's why they start the season in the top 10 and finish the season nine and four, eight and five is Tom Herman came in riding the coattails. He wasn't at Houston long enough to do anything. So he came in kind of riding the coattails of Urban Meyer. And now the two of them, I don't even think like each other. Uh, but Tom Herman looks to be an epic fail at a school that has all of the resources and makeup to be a top five team every year. And Herman hasn't delivered. So I think he's the first one to get fired and he was the worst hire. Now, you all right, Chris? Fucking mouse, mouse, um, just saw a mouse in the house. <laughs> Scare the crap out of me, man. I'm sitting here in my, on my dining room table here. Holy cow. I have a, I have a trap set. Like they plowed the fields, uh, you know, out here. And every time they do, we have to put traps out because the freaking mice come out of nowhere. I don't know where he went, but that just scared the crap out of me. I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. I think eye it scared more than the crap out of you. you he's uh, inside, he's inside your house. He's inside yeah. your house right now. Yeah, yeah, he's in the kitchen somewhere. Have <laughs> <laughs> Hensley go get it. Have Hensley grab it. <laughs> Dude, I have a dog oh, that's supposed to sniff these things out. They're supposed to hunt badgers. You can't even it's find that freaking mouse. <laughs> I thought you were doing a bit for the podcast here. No, dude, I'm like, I, I, I thought I <laughs> look at Chris. I, look at Chris. He's so scared. Dude, You're I saw something like in the corner of my eye, flush. and I'm like sitting here, and then I'm like, Chris, do you need to step away for for a second? No, if I hear my trap go off, then I know I'm good. I'm just hoping I, I he need finds to step it. away for a second. That was you need to change oh your drawers. <laughs> Holy cow! All right, let's bring it. Let's bring it back for the last 20, 20 or so minutes. And let's hit the ground running. Let's hit the Wait, ground running. One, man. Uh, I was just worried he's going to run up my leg or something. Oh, I no. hope it does live. Oh, I hope it does live. Chris, he's – Hashtag mouse in the house. I mean, he's, he's a tiny little guy. He's more afraid of you than you are of him, even if that doesn't sound humanly possible. Chris, I want to give you a little bit of, of props because if I was sitting in your seat, I would have screamed like a six-year-old girl. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> when, he, when I saw it, and then it looked it looked like it looked at me, and then I made that jump, and then it, I mean it took off the other way. Please hit my uh, trap. Oh, it definitely pooped in your house somewhere, just so you know. Oh, yeah. Well, well that makes two of us, so. All right. <laughs> all right. Bringing it, bringing it back before it gets all the way off the rails. Jeez, uh, that was good. Hey. Let's let's talk a little bit of NFL uh, to, to wrap things up today. We mentioned LSU playing in Missouri. Uh, ben asked a little bit earlier, the rumors right now, if we start with the weather and work our way towards other things, bittersweet, obviously, it sounds like the Saints game might get moved to Indianapolis as the leading candidate. If the, if the hurricane looks like it's going to head towards New Orleans, I think they're going to reschedule that game for Monday night, I believe it is, to Indy, which would be fun if Lucas Oil was seating people, right? Because we'd be able to get some last-minute tickets and go check out an NFL game. Who are they, who are they playing? Uh, you're going to ask that. I knew it. Let me see. Uh, ben, are you out there? Can you let us know? I'll, I'll, I'll have quick? it in just a second. What is this, week five? Saints Chargers. 
Saints Chargers Monday Night Football looks like Saints Chargers might be played in Indianapolis uh, in Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, But what I was going to start with, uh, really, this is just kind of a quick question. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, We had the Titans-Steelers game get canceled. Cam Newton didn't play last week. There's a positive test with Gilmore for the Patriots, with one of the Raiders defensive linemen, a couple of more Titans. It sounds like the Titans, after a couple of positive tests, and their facility was closed, had practice in Nashville yes. somewhere else. Yes. What, what, how, how hard should the NFL come down on these guys if it's proven to be true? There's, first there's of all, if, you, if you're looking it. at the article, that, the same article that I saw, it's a little loose. I, and until I see, until it's been confirmed, I, the, the report that I read said that some kids saw some adult players playing football. Oh, no way. Until, that's just what, I, that's, I that's believe, what I saw. I believe you, yeah. I believe so, the one I read, I thought said it was confirmed by the coach from the school or the athletic director from the school where they practiced. Okay, I, I had not seen that yet. That's okay. what I thought I read too. I could be wrong. Let's just say okay, let's just say it is. Let's say it is true. Is a first round pick in next year's draft too extreme? Not enough. The, no, the, the Patriots extreme. got a first round draft pick for. For Spygate or whatever it was. So I mean, you're saying so th- I, 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 I don't think they should forfeit any games because that's not fair to the rest of the league. That's not fair. Buffalo gets a free win this this weekend because yeah, I don't know how that they can just either. sit up. Yeah, I don't like the the forfeit. A first round pick, I don't think it's harsh enough, honestly. Yeah, and I mean they they were setting the precedent already. I mean, who knows what the final numbers will look like, but for, for the coaches that were not wearing appropriate masks, I mean, those fines were heavy, right? I mean, like six-figure stuff. Uh, but Tennessee wasn't involved in those fines. Their coaches – He's just using an example. They seem to be serious about it there, but I don't know because there's a piece of this to me where, like, they, of all the leagues, should have had everything in place – they had an opportunity to learn from all the different protocols. They had an opportunity realistically to probably do a bubble if they wanted. Like, so, I mean, they're, they're, it's on the league office, I think, to a degree anyway. But when it's, when it's obviously like a group of players, if that's what it turns out to be, or, or especially if it was like teams sanctioned somehow indirectly, uh, you know, if they do an actual investigation for once into something like this. I think it's going to be substantial because it's putting the entire season at risk and it's actually putting people's potentially lives at risk. Right. Uh, theoretically. So right. I think it's going to be pretty substantial, but we'll see. It's the NFL. No, yeah. I agree and- with the pick and everything. I mean, if we're going to, if you're going to do something, you got to do it as harsh as you, as you can make it. You got to get the point across that this is a health and safety. I mean, these players come home to their families. They may have little ones, loved ones that, you know, have health issues or, or whatever it may be that didn't opt out. But, it, it, you know, you had a case and you got to take it as serious as possible. I mean, it, it's got the whole league in jeopardy and it's a domino effect with the, without the, throughout the season after we get past the bye weeks here is what happens when other teams are, are other teams going to get multiple bye weeks? Like, what's going to happen at that point? Do they just forfeit those games? Well, you were saying, I think the thing that makes the most sense in the NFL, and, yeah, you guys brought it up, Ben brought it up on Facebook as well, had the most time to plan. And, I mean, kind of goes back to, like, the lemon pepper wings. You can have your protocols in place. If somebody breaks them, 
then what do you do next? The thing that makes the most sense, let's say the thing that is you, we already, they already have 17 weeks. The thing that might make the most sense is if you have anybody who has to make a game up plays week 18. Now, again, it's not going to be fair to everybody all at once, right? The Steelers were forced to take a bye week a month earlier than they had originally planned, but it is what it is. It's unique times. And at the end of the day, the NFL wants to get their season in, but I can see, I agree with you guys. I think they're going to hammer them. If it's true, they're going to hammer them hard with, I mean, fines to owners or nothing. Right. But uh, you're going to hammer them where it counts with either draft picks or something along those lines that would hurt the product on the field for your particular franchise to be successful. Uh, but we are a quarter of the season in four weeks in and uh, everybody's played four games except for those two teams. Right. And uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh, you need to write J E T S right on the top. <laughs> yeah. I think, it, I think he needs to write RIP over the top of that. Unfortunately, oh, you're right, 100%. <laughs> sorry uh, to say. Hey, quick, quick, it's not a, a true rapid response, Chris. So I don't want you to freak out. But a quarter of the season in, who, who's your guys' biggest surprise so far? Surprise, positive or negative? Well, I have disappointment as my next question. So okay. surprise, surprise, good. Uh, my <laughs> biggest surprise, surprise <laughs> is uh, Herbert uh, out of uh, the Chargers there. Um, he's looked legit. Like I, I know he was, um, you know, one of the higher rated QBs into the, going into the draft. Um, but the question of him starting and then, you know, not making as many mental errors. I mean, he's got the second largest completion in the last two seasons of uh, 62 yards of the air of the ball in the air. That's the second largest completion in the last two seasons um, from a rookie who's literally learning on the fly. I mean, he was put in there because of a starter getting stabbed in the lung. <laughs> I mean, literally stabbed in the lung by a doctor. Um, but he's been – and he's kept them in the game. I mean, I believe they were playing – what was it, Tampa Bay last week, and they were – you know, within the last final minutes, they were close enough to make it a game. Um, they had a – you know, if they would have stopped – had one more stop, he had a chance to go on the field to, to make it um, – tie it or take the lead. So he's impressed me. Um, just making the throws – just very, very impressive. Eric, what about you? What's your biggest surprise so far in a good way? Yeah, in a good way. My brain keeps going to bad things. Um, I would say probably a good surprise uh, would be how good the Bills are looking as a team completely. Um, you know, and Josh Allen's passer accuracy going up. I mean, I know they got digs in there now, but like new team without any preseason, I did not expect that to be going as well as it, as it has. And man, like Josh Allen just looks like otherworldly right now. I mean, like MVP candidate. He's second in passing. I was thinking it was going to be like the opposite of that this year. So uh, as somebody who ha has a couple of friends in the Buffalo area that, that have season tickets, uh, pretty happy for them after just decades and decades and decades of disappointment. Bill's mafia, huh? I'm not sure they're in the official mafia. <laughs> like, they might be pledging. You know, I think you. I think you said one too many decades because in the '90s they did go to four straight Super Bowls. Just four in a row. Check, Boy, I math, love losing Super Bowls. All right, Josh, who you got? Uh, I'm going to take the Rams as my biggest disappointment in our podcast about a month ago. We surprise. all did our, 
we're on, we're on good surprises. We're, we're good, good surprises. Yeah, that's Not what I just said. I'm surprised by the Rams. Oh, you said disappointment. Oh. Like you confused me. You confused me. Sorry, my my surprise is the Rams because I expected them to be last in that division, and they've come out what three and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're three. And, and I, I honestly thought they would. Yeah, I thought they. I honestly thought they would take a little step back without without Gurley. I know that he's put a lot of miles on the tread, tread and everything, and it, it's a running back by committee thing. But and golf is kind of found not not trying to win games. He's just trying to be there and do what he has to do. And McVay, I mean, we all want to be McVay little – sorry. Uh, <laughs> we all want to be McVay prodigies so that we can have an NFL job one of these days. But uh, I'm going to take the Rams as my biggest surprise. I was going to – They might have been calling in a play to you right there or something like he does McVay. with – Well, McVay, McVay was whispering, yeah. McVay might be Chris's <laughs> age. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, he's 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 30, 36 or something like that. He gets so my six in his house too, don't worry. My my biggest surprise, my biggest surprise right now is the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. at three and one. And they got ran by they got ran by the Ravens in week one. And their offense and defense has looked great ever since. Miles Garrett looks to be potentially the defensive player of the year in the NFL. Leads the league in sacks, I believe. And Baker Mayfield, again, he's a young, he's still a young quarterback, and he's on his third head coach, I believe, in three seasons. And so there's no stability there, but he's looking the part of a, uh, again, what do you want a young quarterback to be? Peyton Manning when he was 36? That's unrealistic. You want a young quarterback to give you an opportunity to win a game. Baker Mayfield's cut down on his stupid decisions. He's completing the passes that he's asked to complete. And obviously the run game and just the offense in general. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is an MVP candidate by any means, but he doesn't look to be a backup next year right now. He looks to be he looks to be a starter in the NFL. And the, the offense and the defense for Cleveland both, to me, are uh, a lot better than I expected. That's why they're going to get my – quarter season surprise of the year now let's flip the script we all had four different teams for our quarter season surprise we'll see at the halfway mark whose team is still is still doing well let's flip the script the biggest disappointment after four games or after a quarter of the season for you guys anybody want anybody want to jump in and go first josh hey, i'll make it I'll come make on josh myself sure uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, if that team could, if that team could play defense for two quarters, then quite possibly they could have a just two minutes. minutes. But instead, <laughs> instead they have no defense at all. And Matt Ryan has stepped back five years. I think that this year I watched that Monday night game, and maybe the offensive line isn't quite giving enough time. I know that Julio was out, but you got to complete at least one pass to Calvin Ridley. One. And you know what? If Calvin Ridley would have caught one pass in that game, I could have beat Ben, but instead I lost by .06 in fantasy. But that's another, that's another argument. But the Atlanta Falcons, my goodness, what is wrong? Well, all of their wide receivers were hurt last game, including Calvin Ridley, who had to keep playing because Julio Jones needed to rest. But Matt Ryan's also Zachary has, passing right Zachary now. has caught five passes on the last drive alone. <laughs> Chris, who's your Eric will play pick him up this week in fantasy? Chris, Josh is getting a little out of there. He's using the F word too many times. Chris, who's your biggest disappointment? You know, that that was my biggest disappointment was the Falcons, just because 
you had two games where you were literally you gave the game away. How do you forget what to do during an onside kick? Like, how do you just forget the rules of the game in Dallas when Dallas won by one? So there's one big loss. You gave up. uh, You were leading in the fourth quarter again against the Bears, the Bears. And you let Nick Foles come in and do his thing. Um, He, you know, leads some comebacks. Uh, But that was my thing. It it was just – it was the Falcons being the Falcons. Um, and, and when I say that, I say that because we saw what happened during their Super Bowl run. And is he, I mean, well, we'll save that for later if there's a hot seat question. Bill's, Bill's Mafia, who you got? All right, Scott, I don't want to, I want to talk about the Colts, but I assume you're going to do that. So, as and, the biggest disappointment? Mm hmm. Yeah. I'll let you. Three and one? Here's the situation. <laughs> Cinderella can turn a pumpkin into a carriage with the fairy godmother, but then sometimes it eventually has to turn back into a pumpkin, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles right now. All right, a magical run, and the clock struck midnight, and now we see them for what they really are. They're just mice, all right, just like the ones in Chris's house. Uh, (laughs) Oh man. Unfortunately, they are just hopelessly lost. I don't know if Wentz needs a bacchiotomy or something going on there. <laughs> he they needs an NFL receiver. Wide well, yeah, that was that was next point. Like they can't have a wide receiver stay on the field for more than two plays consecutively. All right, Miles Sanders is always hurt. I, it, it, you know, I I think it's great for the city that they won. Speaking of Nick Foles, right? But they're pumpkins, and now we see them for what they really are. Happy Halloween in advance. What a great use of a random pumpkin in your basement. Um, The Eagles can't be the biggest disappointment after a quarter of the season because they're in first place of their lowly division. division. Uh, Dustin Dustin had what I was getting ready to bring up. He says the biggest disappointment has to be the NFC East gets a playoff spot. I'm okay with a division winner getting a playoff spot, but they shouldn't host, especially if that winner is seven and nine or six and ten. My biggest, appoint, my biggest disappointment, despite their tough schedule after the first quarter of the season, is the Houston Texans, who fired Bill O'Brien just a couple of days ago, which is probably deserved. But that team wasn't built for the future. They were built for this year, trading away future draft picks to get Tunzel, trading away, you know, I know they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, but with the big signing of Deshaun Watson, nobody thought they were going to be 0-4 despite their tough schedule. So, I mean, you know, when we were talking about division winners and, you know, we all, you know, we didn't, we didn't all pick Houston, but we all thought they were going to be good. And they looked terrible, they looked terrible. And at 0-4, for me, they've got to be the biggest uh, disappointment uh, kind of so far in, in this season. And I got, I, got a, I got a quarterback topic question for our last five minutes. And the topic starts with today's benching of Haskins out of Ohio State for the Washington football team. He's in his second year, am I correct? Yes. Yeah. First, first, round, first round pick. What do you guys think about 
benching Haskins. And let me let me throw a couple of next gen things at you guys that I'd looked up earlier today. There is one starter in the NFL younger than Dwight Haskins. Is it Dwight? Dwayne. 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 Well, hell, I should bench him too. <laughs> There's one starter in the NFL younger than him, and it's uh, Justin Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Now there's there's about six guys that are all within six weeks of each other. Okay. Daniel Daniel Jones, Haskins. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that are 23, and they're all of their birthdays are within a couple of weeks of each other, which is kind of bizarre. So he's in that young group, but he also all of these 23 year olds have started more games than Haskins. The only starter in the NFL who started fewer games than Haskins is Herbert, who's in his rookie season. He just had his statistically best game ever. Completion percentage, yards, didn't throw any touchdowns, didn't throw any interceptions, QBR, quarterback rating. All of that was the best he's ever done. He started 11 games, and they just benched him for an undrafted second-year guy named Kyle Allen. So pretty much Washington is throwing their hands up saying, you can't bring him back after that, right? Yeah, you, you definitely can. Can? I, I think Haskins had the unfortunate – the whole COVID thing really hurt him this year, and I'll tell you why. They brought in a new coach and Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera was in Carolina, and Ron Rivera is the one that brought Kyle Allen over from Carolina. Kyle Allen knows that offense. Mm-hmm. Now, I – Haskins had a different offensive court, a different coach last year. It's totally different. So you're making him learn two different NFL systems in basically one offseason. Kind of he almost, almost, he didn't get it. Almost, almost three. three. Almost three, sure. Yeah. yeah. Midseason, sure. So I think that I, I do think he, you've got Alex Smith, number two. So you can learn leadership. You can learn how to be an NFL quarterback, off the field stuff. You can learn the system through Kyle Allen. So I think, I think 100% you can bring him back. Will they? I don't know. But can they? Absolutely. If you listen to Rivera's public comments, it doesn't sound like he wanted him to begin with. <laughs> here's, here's the, it doesn't even matter how good Haskins is or not good. He's on Washington, the worst professional franchise maybe in the world, but certainly in U.S. sports. And I just he's, he doesn't have a chance, even if he is decent. He might be this the next Josh Rosen. I don't know but he's definitely not going to stay on Washington's roster after this year. Well, here's the other thing. You got the 29th ranked offensive line. What can you do with that? I mean, they, they, they didn't invest anything in their offensive line. His passer ratings better than Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold. He's top 10 in passing right now. Or sorry, top 10 in passing attempts. I mean, they're throwing the ball like crazy. <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> No, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. But again, when you're sacked 13 times, what are you going to do? To keep in mind, the the most sacked quarterback is is Watson uh, at 16 sacks. But it goes back to your offensive line. And, And Josh, you hit the nail on the head there. This is like his third coach in two years. He didn't have an offseason to fully digest and run an offense with everybody to get acclimated to his new coach, to his new offensive coordinators, all of that. That is huge, not just for a rookie, but for a second year player in a new system. So you put all those things together and then, you know, hopefully he's got the mental wherewithal to say, hey, 
let's take this as a, a lesson. I'm going to work harder, put my nose in the playbook and just, you know, out hustle them, outwork them, show that I have more talent. Whether or not he does, we'll see on the field. Did anybody see Rivera's quotes and comments after the game? No. Against, no. against the Ravens defense, after the Ravens defense, when he completed 71% of his passes for over 300 yards, he was all like, well, I missed a bunch of throws, blah, blah, blah. He couldn't have missed a bunch. He only threw 29% incomplete. But Rivera was bitching about him right after the game. I don't think Rivera wants him at all. If I'm Here's Haskins, if I'm Haskins, I want out. I want out of Washington. And I just I tell my agent, let's burn this bridge right now and see if I can get traded this year. Maybe, maybe uh and again, you're not gonna get value for him. Trade Jacoby Brissett and uh, a fifth round pick, bring him in and let him sit behind Phillip Rivers. This sounds like Rosen all over again. Yeah, I mean it's worth a shot. Here's the other thing though. If if you and I, Scott, or any of us are standing 10 feet from each other, we can complete a lot of passes too, because that's all he was doing, right? It's like ink and dunk stuff. And, and Washington is just terrible. They got McLaurin kind of like by accident, right? They don't even have a real running back. No offense to maybe Josh and the F word who has Gibson or I don't know. They're just awful. They have them. Dan Snyder sucks. They, can, they don't even have a name. They don't even have a name. <laughs> Okay. Have you ever heard of a sports franchise that doesn't even have a nickname? Yeah. Please. This is uh, the, F- half the MLS teams. <laughs> well, now, yeah. now, uh, and so we're going to talk about these young quarterbacks more in depth next week. Uh, we're going to wrap it up uh, with a, a really kind of a yes or no question that is going to leave everybody out there waiting for us to dive more in depth in two weeks. This is a yes or no, and then we're going to say goodnight. Trevor Lawrence is the presumed number one overall pick. Correct. Mm-hmm. If you're Trevor Lawrence, do you Eli Manning it and potentially refuse to go to some of these dumpster fire franchises? What, this just No. Yes? No. Chris? No. Yes. I say 100%. And that's going to be one of our topics we're going to dive deep in next time. So you guys have to tune back in to hear why Josh says no and hear some of our thoughts on why we say yes. Appreciate you guys tonight here on Agree to Disagree. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys.